In this episode of the Backend Engineering Show, I'd like to discuss a feature that not a lot of people talk about, that is database clustering. And no, don't let your mind wander about distributed databases and machines. Nah, we're talking about very basic, simple things here. The idea of uh, table clustering, clustering your table. And and, and uh, there is another name for it, it's called the Indexed Organized Table, IoT. Oracle calls it. And another name for it is clustered index. That's what SQL Server calls it, right? And the idea of just clustering your table, as Postgres calls it. But uh, what does it what does it mean to cluster your table? Why is it important? What is what is its advantages? How can it speed up your query? And most importantly, how can implementing it incorrectly can devastate your queries as well so it's kind of a double-edged sword being aware of it is very critical because whether you like it or not some databases like mysql implement clustering for you by default (laughs) whether you like it or not so knowing how things work can influence how you, you you design your backend to query the path that is most optimal let's jump into this This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show. Welcome to the Back Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. And, and what do we mean by cluster? So the definition of clustering in general is, is to group things that are similar into one unit, effectively. That's, that's what cluster really means, right? And, and the emphasis on similarity here, things that are similar to each other, things that are sorted, things that are have the same properties. And the beauty of clustering is really comes down to how many queries, not really queries, how many calls to disk I can make before I can get a, a page from disk that have really the things that I absolutely need, right? Because you see, when you when you issue an I/O to disk, and you tell the the controller, "Hey, give me this particular page," right? 
disk, whether it's SSD or hard drive, they are not byte address like the RAM, right? Or memory in general, not necessarily RAM. They are page address. You cannot add, you cannot go to disk and pull one byte off a disk. You get you get a page, and it depends on how your file system really uh, is configured, right? The the operating system configured your file system it depends how many pages you get, right? So you get a lot of stuff, right? So think about this. If you were, if you, if what you're looking for isn't the page that you look for, let's say one portion of it, right? Then yeah. But if you're looking for more one than, than more than one thing, and the page that you pulled it has few of the thing that you have, but the rest of the stuff is just something you don't want. You just discard it. So you find yourself going back to disk and doing more I.O. to actually pull the things you want. So imagine this scenario. What if a single I.O. can give you a page that is full, rich with everything you need in it? Sexy, isn't it, right? That is the uh, pinnacle of clustering and that's that's what we're going to talk about here. So before we talk about clustering, we really need to know how a table and its indexes or indices, if you're from the UK, are laid out on disk, right? Because the path of the query is very critical to understand uh, once you understand how the database does its job, you will feel sorry for your bad queries that you're executing. Because, like, why am I doing it this way? I, it could be much done much better for the database to do less work to get you the same thing. And and here's how 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 the database store things. When you create a table, let's say it's an empty table. Let's say you're storing I don't know students' grades. And you have the ID of the student, you have the name of the student, and you have the grade of the students, right? You're inserting random records, right? Every student will get a different grade based on a different course, right? Some of them will get 100%, some of them will get 90, some of them will get 10, right? And then when you go and insert that row, what the database does is, it will insert a, a set of by that represent that row into the table. And the table is nothing but a file on disk. It's called the data file. And there's no sorting or anything associated with it. Right? So if I insert that record, let's say, okay, this student got 100. And then the next student got a, I don't know, 10 grade. So the next record just goes appended on on the file, right? There's no sorting. So you can have a, rec, a data file that says, okay, 100, and then 10, and then 100, and then 90, and then 20, and 30, completely random. And you might say, that's not entirely true because I have an index on the grade field because I, I query by grade. I want all the people that has grades more than 90 so I can give them an honor list or something right true so if you create an index on the G field the grade field 
then that's another data file, right? Completely separate. That is stored as a B tree, and I talked about B tree in details. Check out this video right here uh, to learn more. And I also talked about it in my course, uh, Introduction to Database Engineering. Make sure to check out that as well. But that data structure is just nothing but a tree stored as a binary data file. So that's an index. So in this case, the index contains the grades sorted. So there is a value of 10, right? The grade of 10. And then it has to point back to the table. Why? Because guess what? This index only has the grade itself. But when I search by grade, I'm really not interested in the grade itself. I want more information from the table. I want the name, I want the ID of the students, I want, I don't know, the first, last name, birthday, whatever, right? You want more information about the student. That's in the data file, also called the heap sometimes. So now the entry in the index will have the grade, but it also needs a pointer back to the table. That pointer sometimes is the primary key, sometimes is the row ID where that row exists so uh, the value of grade 10 you might have a list of rows it's like okay uh, uh, row id number one and row id number 100 and row id number thousand has has these grades right you can see the randomness now here right and grade number 20 for example we have uh, row id number two and row id number three and row id number seven thousand whatever right R random rows because they are stored randomly on disk. That's the trick here. And so if I do an index scan now, if I, do a, if I do a search, hey, give me all the students, or at least the top 10 students, that, uh, that have a grades more than 90. Well, I'm going to say, Hussein, I have an index. So I'm going to search the index, grade more than 90. Da, 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 da. So I'm going to go to the entries where anything that is 90 or more, and I'm going to collect a list of rows, right? And the row IDs will be converted to logical pages where this, this data file representing the data files, because it's not efficient to issue queries to the rows itself, right? The row itself belong to a page, a logical page in the database. And that itself belong to one or more physical disk page in the operating system. Regardless, once you think about it this way, my query to get all the students that had more than 90 grades will result on one or more pages to query. Why? Well, because uh, row number one, right, is on page, for example, one, and row number 7,000 is on page 700, row number uh, 6,000 is on page 600, row number 500 is on page uh, 500, is on page 50. So you're going to get a mixture of pages, right? And your database now has to go to the data file to pull these pages. So each one of these is a different query for a different I.O. They are separate. In, so that data file is just laid down on disk and you're going to smash the hard disk or the SSD, doesn't matter, different location to pull these things. Hurts, right? Look at all the work we have to do. Because if I pull like page number, uh, row number one, 
belong to page number one. And that's the only value that has a value of 90, right? Now I have to go and pull that page and pull only the row I want, which is row number one, which has um, the value 90, the grade 90. And the rest of the page values are all irrelevant. Well, I have to filter them out. That's when you do when you when you do a PostgreSQL and you didn't explain, it says filtering, right? The idea of filtering out is a post process after the fact that you already fished the page. You have to discard the values that are no longer relevant anymore in the page itself and pull what you need in, in that page. So now this is where clustering becomes very, very effective. If you cluster your table on the grades itself. This is just an example, guys. If you cluster your data file and your table on the grade itself, then any row that goes into the table must be checked against this clustered. Right? It says, okay, we're clustering against the grades, which is against the grade index. Right? This is how we're clustering. So, okay, if I'm inserting the row with a value 90, it has to go to a page where all the students got 90s. So now insert them, all of them together, right? And if this page is full, well, create another page and insert a new 90 to it. So the same thing with the 80s, you're going to have multiple subsequent pages that are all filled with beautiful clustered values next to each other. And this is not a new idea. We've seen this many times. So now if you do another index search and you, okay, give me all the students that got just a 90 degree for simplicity, right? And you're going to go to the index and the index will beautifully tell you, oh, guess what? All the, the, the 90 has actually, these are the rows, row number, uh, for example, 1000 and 1001, 1002, 1003. You're going to see them sequential. You have to. You're going to see them sequential. And just by the fact that it's a sequential, the index will have more metadata that says, okay, oh, it's actually the whole thing is on page uh, uh, 100, 101, 110. That's it. All, all the 90s are in these three pages. So, all what, so now you're going to do three IOs instead of 10, 100, or maybe 150 IOs or even more than that because in the previous example where things are in a cluster you gotta go everywhere to pull these pages they are not clustered this is very similar to the idea of back in Windows 95 and Windows 98 the idea of fragmentation when you defragment your hard drive and put everything next to each other very similar right but it's it's, it's very interesting once you understand how things work that it can speed up your queries here's the catch though you cannot cluster the table multiple more than once you might say why i can cluster it on multiple things no not really and the main reason is you're physically storing things on disk this way you can't say, oh, I want to store it this way, and I'm also going to store it this way. What, you want to duplicate data? No. <laughs> you only have one way to store the data, and you pick it. And it better be good. <laughs> because if it's not, it might actually kill your performance. 
And the example I gave with the grades is, is perfect because that's when you actually want to s- search by grades, right? You're clustered, but everything is because of by grades, right? But let's assume for simple, stupid reason, right? You're querying by ID. I don't know why, but you're querying by ranges now. Oh, I give me all the students between one and a hundred. I don't know why would you do that, but just for for the sake of example. Now you just fall to the same trap, right? Because yeah, let's say you have an ID index, so that's another data structure, index data. But now we're going to that and finding, oh, ID number one is on this page, ID number two is in this page, ID number three is in this page, ID number four is in this page. They are all scattered in different pages because you're not going to have the students who have got all the 90s very nicely tucked with the same IDs. No, they are going to be all over the place. And you just kill the performance, so another query will suffer. So wherever a query will gain performance with clustering, another query will suffer. Right? That's why it's very critical to pick, okay, what can I, what are the most, what is the most F, uh, query that is exercised and more uh, uh, executed and how can i optimize that right and when you do that you will gain huge benefits now let's go to the bad things so one we mentioned one one good thing and one bad thing there's another bad thing and i talked about it uh, in a video with uh, my sequel actually and having having GUIDs or, or not GUIDs, UUIDs, this random, these, these UUID things, right? You've seen them everywhere, right? So you see, guys, some databases like MySQL, specifically the AnnoDB database engine, uh, cluster things by default for you. That's the property of a primary key. So whenever you see a primary key, by default, things are clustered around that primary key. So when you create an integer serial value that is called a primary key in MySQL, not Postgres, right? Right. Then MySQL will cluster the table around that primary key. So the, if you put a value 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, it's going to put them 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 in the same page. So if you put a value of 100, it's going to put it in another page. So if you came back, it's not going to put it right after the seven. No. So that it will leave space. It will leave a, a blank space in the page, right? So that the next row, if it came in eight, is going to go nicely in after that, right? It will never insert them sequentially after the other, right? That is when, uh, that's when things like fill factor comes in. Like, okay, if I have a page, how how much can I fill it before I get, I say, hey, don't touch this page anymore, right? Because future rows might come in that belong to this page, clustered, and we need to insert it right there. Yeah. So here's, here's why it is really bad in MySQL specifically to use a UUID as a primary key, okay? UUIDs are random, right? Well, <laughs> someone might disagree. Uh, maybe ten or twenty years ago, maybe fifteen years ago, you when you first UID or GUIDs, uh, that's how I know them in Windows, right? Globally, universally identifier, uh, 
they were generated based on the machine itself so you when you generate uuid i think version 2 or whatever was that you would get similar goods or, or UUI, I keep saying good. UUIDs, they are very similar to each other. And that's because the hardware portion of things is fixed, right? They fix that. Now it's almost completely random, right? And that, because it's random, when you insert a row, the, 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 the clustering aspects of primary key in MySQL in NodeDB will kick in and says, oh, oh, this row is actually, it's in this page. Okay. Let's, Okay, let's, let's bring this page into memory, into the buffer pool and start writing there. Okay. And okay, now I insert this row. Oh, it's a completely different one. Oh, it's actually supposed to be in this page. Okay, let's pull that page. It's empty now. And then insert that, put in the buffer pool. And then the more, the more random values you're going to put, the more random pages we're going to pull into the buffer pool. Right. And then all of a sudden, Everything is in memory, and that's that's fast, sure. But at some point, the buffer pool will just fill. In memory, buffer pool will fill. And any any subsequent insert that is of UUID that is random, the chances that we're going to hit any page in the memory is nil almost. It's very, very low because it's random. So we're going to go to disk. We're going to try to put it in the buffer pool. So, oh, it's full. So let's flush whatever we have. Oh, we, we changed a few things. Okay, let's flush this and bring this here. So now what you're going to end up seeing is, is just thrashing, going back and forth randomly, going back to foreign disk, right? Just because I, I want to insert a single value, right? And the same thing goes with reading because when you're going to read, when you pull something uh, as a GUID, there is there is no way that the next GUID in the page is something you actually need. It's very, very unlikely that the next GUID in the page that you pulled is actually something you want because it's all random, right? So once you think this way, you, you will understand how important choosing the right primary key in MySQL, which is subsequently the clustering aspect of things right so it is something very interesting as opposed to normal integer values in mysql if you pick a beautiful integer values that is always incrementing well that's nice because i'm gonna okay i'm starting to insert the value of one pull the page in memory write it in memory oh the next one is two hey i have the page that's supposed to have the value of two right here Ta two in memory three Four, five, six, seven. Some some people will say, saying, why are you writing in memory? Isn't databases supposed to be durable? That's another topic. We always write in memory. But we always have something called the wall that we write to for durability reason, the write ahead log. That's very fast, always append only. So so in case of a crash that we lost this beautiful page. We have the wall to compare. I want to make another video completely talking about just the beauty of the idea of write-ahead logging. But yeah, we write to the memory. And when you write the memory, the more writes you have, just, just it will the page will fall. Okay, let's flush this. Now we're going to do the same thing here. And then there is no more thrashing. There is no more, okay, oh, this page, oh, we don't need to go to another page. There is no randomness. Randomness is databases hate randomness in general. Random access is just the worst. Right? 
you need to be as 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 vigilant as possible when you when you're configuring and tuning these things right uh clustering on popular databases some some databases will force you when you cluster to have the index that you're clustering on right to be unique like mysql like i believe sql server like even oracle right Oracle, they called indexed organized table, which is my favorite term because it is indeed an indexed organized table. It's a table that is organized around one of the indexes. Okay? Because that's what it is, right? Because you cannot cluster things just randomly, right? You have to have an index to cluster upon, right? And, and in Postgres, and here's the thing on Postgres, what. And I have a hate-love relationship with this particular feature in Postgres, right? clustering. So we, we talked about clustering in MySQL, where upon inserting a value, we, the, we, the database ensures the clustering order, right? So it will say, oh, the value belongs to this page. This value belongs to this page because it will cluster upon insert. So there is a cost to inserts because there is a seek, Right, because there is there is a place I want to put in, as opposed to a, a data structures like a log structure merge tree, where just hey, I'm just inserting, inserting at the end, which is always faster than finding out where to insert my thing and then insert it. Make sense? So in Postgres, they play this game. If you cluster the table in Postgres, you say cluster. Uh, I think with or something the index right and then the table will be organized around that index and that's by the way an exclusive lock so during the clustering time which of course is going to take time you're rewriting the whole thing you cannot write and I believe you cannot even read from the table so that's an expensive operation if you do it after the fact so once you have a cluster table in Postgres, subsequent inserts are never guaranteed to be clustered. So where so inserts are fast in Postgres in this case. We always know that inserts are always fast in Postgres. Even in a clustered index, they are fast. But the problem is the future inserts that you made are just random again. So if you start querying against these values, you'll still do the thrashing that we talked about, where we're going to query all over the place. Uh, not really query. I do an IO all over the place to find out where my values are. So that's why there's another command called recluster, I believe, where you can... Okay, I, I talked a lot of time. My database is now uh, almost filled with these rows that are no longer clustered. Let's recluster this. So it, it's another exclusive rows to ugh, cluster the whole thing. Okay. So I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest. Uh, I guess uh, we can... If you care about the performance of your rights and you have some scripts that maintain does a maintenance and cluster your table accordingly and by the way you can just to cluster just write the command just cluster i believe or recluster i forgot what it is 
and Postgres will find out all your cluster table in your database and just cluster them by default. Right? So you can just issue that command periodically, just like you vacuum your Postgres and it will do the things. Yeah, guys, what do you think about this feature? And not necessarily that you don't have to use it, just be aware of it. Because the existence of clustering at that level of disk can really make or break your queries, right? And, and, and this is what I just want to shed the light on. This thing exists and it's turned on by default in some databases like MySQL. So choosing your primary key correctly, uh, choosing your clustered index correctly, right? And uh, as a result, finding what queries are most executed and then cluster around that. Right? Again, depends on the table. You can create another table that is specifically clustered around the queries. You can do so many things once you understand this. Or you can just avoid using it altogether because it is a double-edged sword at the end of the day. All right, guys, I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you so much. I'm going to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome. Goodbye.